this week on the podcast uh, is a special uh, recap episode of the last approximately 20 movies we've done and 100 movies I love. 100 movies you love. And, and this is our fourth retrospective, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is. Um, and I'm Jason Martin. And I am Paul Conlon. Yeah. And uh, we do this, like I said, basically about every 20 movies. So this is our final one, except for the one we're going to do after the f- number one, the final movie. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned uh, recently, that we are saving the final five. If your top movies. five, your one, two, three, four, and five right. will be the last five right. movies in reverse order. Yes. We're going to go five, four, three, two, one. Yes. Uh, so it won't be too much of a uh, surprise there. What? what uh, so I've got to nail something between now and, and number six. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, so you're going to have to wait to, for the Ishtar episode for a while still. Uh, oh, that might be on my list. Okay. I haven't seen it in a while. Okay. I remember when I saw that in the theater. I liked it. I'm probably yeah. one of the five people it's that actually the, liked it. It's one of those movies that actually gets very unfair criticism because the, because it was very uh, much over budget, but it yeah. wasn't as bad as people say it was. No, also it was, uh, be, considering the talent that was in it, I think they did yeah. a crap load of improvisation along the way that mm-hmm. they wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and it didn't come out as clean and crisp as the audience were expecting Hoffman and Beatty and all them to actually produce. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, I remember the time like that was fun. Yeah. It was a fun movie. It was probably long. I haven't seen it in, since it came out. Yeah. It was what, 35 years maybe. Yeah. 86. I probably, I think yeah. it was 86. Yeah. So, um, um, but I, I, I love watching long movies, Gandhi, Reds, mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. 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 Um, and speaking of Warren Beatty, there's one of his movies we have not done yet on our countdown. Uh, is it Dick Tracy? No. Bullworth. Bullworth, yeah. We have not right. done yet. Um, I was going to start going through my Warren Beatty movies. Sometime, sometime soon. But, uh, Sham- know. Just shampoo's on your list, right? Nah, nah. Shampoo's on your list. All right, so what we're here to do is talk about the last 20 movies we've done. And the first one of those, uh, since the last recap, is The Big Lebowski. Big the dude abides. Yeah, the dude abides. Uh, certainly one of the most famous movies, old older movies now. Like it's a movie on as far as the internet goes that yeah. gets talked about more than almost any maybe any other movie. And, really. and that, when I rewatching, I kind of got the reason why because mm-hmm. there's so much symbolism throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie. I mean, not just the uh, the overt symbolism of the dream sequences, but uh, <clears throat> I don't know. The archetypal characters and yeah. the way they went through life, and of course, you know, the the uh, the cowboy talking to him, and mm-hmm. so yeah. I mean, and uh, you know, the movie I mentioned, you know, when I saw it in theaters, I was like, eh, it was okay, you know. But this was the follow up to Fargo, the yeah. Coen Brothers, and and people, including me, were expecting no. better than Fargo. And at the time, I was like. Yeah, it was all right, but I think that according the, to me, it now it is better than Fargo. I can only imagine at the time the Coen Brothers were like, "Man, Fargo, we just knocked it out of the park. We did everything we wanted, and people loved it. How can we top that?" Yes, and said, so "Let's not top that. Let's go. We also want to do yes. this kind of movie. We're going to do this movie, right? Just the way we wanted to do that movie. And if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. Eh. Yeah, yeah. So at least it won't be compared as another super." classic movie like Fargo mm-hmm. and whether it failed or yeah or passed based on Fargo. Yes, yes. And you know, 
Big Lebowski. I mean, and really, if if you're going by internet talk, it's probably it one was, of the biggest movies there is yeah. right now. Um, you know, except for something like Star Wars or something, but you know that doesn't count. That's so big, but, you know. Nah. But the Big Lebowski, the Coen Brothers, um, <clears throat> Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, all those people, just yes. yeah, unbelievable, and very high on my list at number seven. Yes. Uh, very very high. It was tough for me to choose. Uh, I'd choose between Planes, Trains, Automobiles and Big Lebowski. Planes, Trains, Automobiles was number six on the list. So it came, it was definitely, it came between them two, which was going to be number six. Who was going to be six? And actually seven. number five, which we can't mention yet, was also, obviously, was 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 in that same grouping. Yeah, a little, a little grouping. It was in the same grouping, yeah. Mm. And uh, so Lebowski was actually third out of that group, as good as it is. Um, but, you know, great movie still. Um the next movie up was uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, Spielberg's uh, classic uh, dinosaur movie. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, in CGI, that still looks great. Yeah. It kind of set the standard most for the most part for CGI, and really, and it still looks great. I it mean, does. It looks believable. I Even mean, on the newest of new TVs, it holds up. Yeah. Which a lot of old TV shows and movies, the CGI, whatever, does not on the newest of new TVs because yeah. you can see too much of the effects. You can mm -hmm. see too much of the the, the stage, the staging mm -hmm. in, in sound studios and such like that. Um, so, but it holds up. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, um, you know, you get uh, in a fairly small part, you get Sam Jackson in there before Pulp Fiction, before he blows up and gets big. I mean, he had been in many, many movies, but, you know, um, you get Newman in there. Um, Newman. Yeah, yeah. Um, being the being a, just evil bad guy. Um, As only Newman can be. Yeah, and uh, you got uh, Jeff Goldblum being, you know, just Goldblooming all over the place. In the movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and even that one where he's laying on the, laying on the table or whatever with his, his shirt unbuttoned. Um, <laughs> it was becoming an internet meme. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, just just a, a movie that just wowed anybody that went to see it when it yeah. first came out. And spawned not only its own several sequels, but decades later, a new batch of sequels with Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, revived. I mean, interest in dinosaurs had always been there, but yeah. it, it definitely, you know, not for people my age, but for people 10 years younger than me, certainly I'm renewed huge interest in dinosaurs yeah. um, because of it. Um, and, you know, you know, and one of many Spielberg uh, movies on the list, uh, for sure. Um, number 74 is what came on the list. Um, the next one we did was Rain Man. Um, the Barry Levinson directed movie with uh, Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman. Um, Valeria Galina. Yeah. And this, this movie just, I hadn't, I hadn't watched it in a bit when I watched it uh, before the, the episode and I had forgotten just how funny it is and just, you know, touching too. I mean, um, you know, um, I mean, it's my favorite Tom Cruise role. It's my favorite Dustin Hoffman role uh, for sure. You know, uh, the wag the dog comes higher in the list, but it's I think it's my favorite. It's definitely my favorite Dustin Hoffman performance. But you know, um, 
And, uh, you know, Barry Levinson, we've talked about recently because he acted in a quiz show. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, you know, uh, Barry Levinson played himself recently on, the, you know, the Michael Douglas Netflix show, The Kaminsky Method. I have not seen any of that. I've heard of it. But yeah. I've yeah. Seen of it. Well, Michael Douglas plays a acting teacher and he was he was never super famous, but he, he was an actor. And Barry Levinson playing himself wants to cast him in his new movie, uh, The Old Man of the Sea. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Paul Reiser is actually on the show, too. And they are because Barry Levinson has been talking to him. They're they're at home and they're watching Diner. <laughs> and Paul Reiser's there watching Diner, and he's like, "Is Kevin Bacon? Is he a dick? I kind of heard he was a dick, you know." <laughs> of course, you see Paul Reiser on the TV screen too. Now, so. Does Paul Reiser play Paul Reiser? In the no, show? no, no, no. Oh, he does. Okay. He doesn't. He doesn't. But um, sorry for all those spoilers, but it's a good show. Um, anyway, Barry Levinson, uh, you know, also acts in this movie. Um, at the end, he's the one that decides, you know, the will or whatever. Or, yes. or, I mean, not yeah. will, but Raymond's, Raymond's, you know, fate basically. Yes. You know? Um, and such a touching, like, very funny, but also a very touching movie. Uh, very good character arcs for everyone, except Rain Man, who doesn't really change. Right, right. And just Rain Man, uh, just, there's, I don't know, there's so many great things in there that, uh, you know, and it was certainly a movie that everybody knew about, you know, the different, you know, they weren't memes back then, but, you know, whatever, 10 Minutes to Wapner or whatever, yeah. stuff like that. Everybody knew that joke. 10 Minutes to Wapner. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I came in at number 48 uh, on the list. Uh, next, we had, in honor of opening day for baseball, we, had, we did A League of Their Own. Tom Hanks, Jimmy Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tracy Nelson. Lori Petty. Lori Petty. She does up. look like I her. I get the mix up. She does look like her. Um, Donna. Um, yeah, Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. Um, John Lovitz. John Lovitz. Good little role. Yeah, yeah. Penny Marshall directed it. Um, and even uh, her brother Gary was in it. Yeah, yeah. He was so great as the uh, as the owner. Owner uh, of the league. He wasn't acting. He was just being Gary Marshall. Yeah. Just with, he had to call him by a different name. But he, he was just Gary Marshall. Um, and, uh, you know, Tom Hanks just, you know, a rare, uh, a rare Tom Hanks movie where he's not the number one star. I mean, he was the biggest name, but. And Gina Davis was the, Gina was, Davis the lead. was the lead, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Laura Petty was, and the women were the focus of the movie. Yes, he was just there. He wasn't a, a love interest, or he was just the, the guy right. trying to run the team. Right, and they uh, they wanted to, you know, they wanted to make it. And in fact, they filmed it. They wanted him to be a love interest, and I think Penny Marshall actually filmed those scenes and made him as terrible as possible. So they had certainly that's what happened. So the studio, it's like, ah, don't worry about it, you know, so she could actually make the movie she wanted to make. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, great baseball movie. Um, not even the highest ranked baseball movie on my list, but, um, you know, um, it's hard to compete with Field of Dreams, but, you know. True. Yeah, it came out at number 65. Um, next, we have Inglorious Bastards. Tarantino's World War II epic. Yeah, and... You know, Brad Pitt um, and uh, you know, Eli Roth, and you got uh, was it Diane Kruger and um, uh, Christoph, Waltz. Christoph Waltz. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the podcasts I listened to, Movie Crush, uh, one of the guys on there, occasionally will do either the Christoph Walsh impression, 
It's it's excellent. It's really fucking great. Um, he does a good waltz. Yeah, Walsh. yeah, he does. Waltz, waltz. Christoph Waltz. Yeah, Walsh, uh, Waltz. Um, and uh, you know, Tarantino movie and um, this. You know, I want to mention that uh, out of the newer episodes, this on our podcast, this is by far the most popular recent episode on our podcast. Really, by far. Don't know it's, why. It's a popular movie. It's, it seems like it's a standard World War II caper that you would have found in the 60s or early 70s. Yeah, yeah definitely. Until the end. Right. Where it takes a turn for the surreal. Yeah. Uh, with a with happy fairy tale ending. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, for whatever reason, it's like it's like three times popular, more popular by downloads than the episodes around it. Wow. And I'm, I'm guessing... Maybe some little website in some other country did a mention, and then a bunch yeah. of people hit it, downloaded it. Could be good. Um, good on us. Yeah, yeah, and it, uh, it's. I mean, it's a great movie. Obviously, it came in at uh, number thirty-three uh, on the list. And the next we have the Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. From the Files of Police Squad. And yeah, as far as just one of the most flat-out, just funny, just. Silly, funny comedies of all time. Um, you know, Leslie Nielsen, uh, you know, the same guys who, who did Airplane. Yes. The Zucker brothers. Zucker, yeah. Abrams. Zucker, Abram, Zucker. Yes. Yeah. And you got them. And George Kennedy is so great, too. And this um, uh, Victoria um, Victoria Principal. And I like the way that the, the, the story that George shoehorned his way into the production. He was. He was Oh yeah, yeah. He irritated yeah. that he didn't get the part on yeah. the TV show. Yeah. So yeah, he, uh, he shoehorned his way in here. Yeah. He yeah. did good. Well, I, I just said Victoria Principal. It's Priscilla Presley. I don't know why. Did the same. They, they look. They look similar, actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, just you know, this is Leslie Nielsen when he was still acting, realizing that him acting serious was what was funny. Yes. Later on, he started acting silly. In movies and it wasn't as funny because he was you know he didn't understand that the, that's fun, the funny part was was him being so serious right right um and just yeah great great movie uh it came in at number 62 on the list and um next we have oceans 11. um steven soderbergh yeah george um, clooney brad pitt again yeah brad matt, pitt, damon, matt damon uh, bernie mac bernie mac don, don cheadle, cheadle. Uh, Casey Affleck, Casey Affleck uh, Scott Conn, uh, um, Elliot. Elliot Gold, and um, 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 Andy Garcia. Yeah, and Carl Reiner and Julia Roberts, and yeah, uh, one of the biggest biggest name casts of any movie ever yes. made for sure. Um, the first of the of the of these uh, remake, the first of you know a remake. Of a Rat Pack of, movie from the right. 60s with Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, yeah, Sandy Davis Jr. Remake where the remake is way better than the original. Oh, yeah, <laughs> way better, not even close. Yeah, um, but you know, really, uh, I mean, a great, I mean, a great job of really weaving a, a complicated, you know, plot. Of how they're going to get away with it and how they did get away and, with and it, and still having that main 
plot, <clears throat> extracted the whole thing yeah. of Danny Ocean and his and Tess. Yeah, of what his real plan was all along. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, it was this movie was <clears throat> this movie was a crowd pleasing movie, but it wasn't in any cheap way. It just really incredible script, just the way they did everything and uh, the banter. Between all the characters, right. I know I'm, I know it was scripted, but man, they just delivered it like it was off the cuff buddies and brothers talking yeah. to each other. Yeah, one of my favorite lines is near the end where they they picked up Danny out of when he gets out of prison, and, mm -hmm. and there's Tess in the back seat. And, mm -hmm. and I guess he belongs to you. He goes, I don't know if this belongs to me. Yeah, that was one thing. And then uh, she says, We gotta get you a girl. He goes, Well, there's a woman's prison down the road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, this movie is. So great, um, and uh, it comes in. It came in at number fifty-nine on my list. Um, the next one is uh, Austin Powers: The Spy Who Shagged Me. The only the, sequel, yes, on the list right. without the original, yes, on the list, yes. The only sequel. Left. Well, I said that when we did it, um, but Christmas Vacation is part three. Well, true. So this is the only. Yeah, but you have. This vacation. is part two. In fact, we have vacation coming up. You're going. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. Oh, it, we don't you're have right. we're up for two of the. You're right. We do this, the original. It is a sequel with yes. right the original. Well, yeah. But this is the only sequel without True. any of the well, not the originating True. originating True. movie. Generally, the originating movie is the better. Yeah. The yeah. best of it all. Yes. And then the sequels, some of them are could be better. Right. They don't have any resonance without the acknowledgement of the original. Yeah. So vacation, Christmas vacation, we skipped over the middle one. Yeah, the European yeah. vacation. Yeah, European, which is still really good. Didn't make my list. And Austin Powers one is really good, and it was close, but didn't make my list. Part three is not nearly as good. It's okay, you know. No. Coming up in just a, a moment or two, we'll be mm -hmm. hitting Batman as well. And Batman had a bunch of different sequels, and then a bunch of different remakes. Yes. It's going to continue for probably forever. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think is kind of smart for them. Do yeah. three movies with a certain director, producer combo, a certain actor, and then wait five, six years, do another three movies, and mm -hmm. you just keep going forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pretty much the James Bond uh, mm -hmm. format. Mm -hmm. um, but Austin, The Spy Who Shagged Me, that's the one with uh, Heather Graham and uh, Fat Bastard and Mini-Me. Uh, Dr. Evil was still there. Um, just... I mean, as far as like me seeing it in theaters, just one of the one of the funnier movies I've ever seen. As far as what the audience, the way the audience reacted in theaters, um, yeah, from the opening credit scene with him, you know, walking around the hotel naked and things covering up his his nudity. Um, Did so, it really cover it up? Yeah, just a really really funny movie all all the way around. Um, next up is L.A. Confidential. What number was uh, Austin Powers? Oh, eighty six. Eighty six. Yeah. Austin Powers, The Spy of Shaving was 86. Uh, next up is L.A. Confidential. Very good movie. Yeah. Um, L.A. Confidential just, I mean, instant classic. I, you know, I saw it in theaters. In introduced a bunch of good yeah. actors from out of Australia. Right. Russell Crowe and Guy Pearce. Yeah. They're, uh, they're coming out party in America for yeah. sure. Made, you know, made them known. Uh, was nominated for Best Picture. Um, and, uh, it was, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was 97, so it was nominated. It was up against Titanic, so it wasn't going to win anyway. But great movie. Um, and, of course, uh, James Cromwell uh, in it. He was, he was a great bad guy. And, uh, you know, Kevin Spacey was was great in it. Danny DeVito, uh, a lot of other 
Simon Baker was in it. You know, some of the trivia we read was that the uh, the writer wanted to do a sequel with Russell Crowe's character, um, and then he still do a follow up, even mm-hmm. though he's so much older. Just right. place him at the time frame of where his age is now. Yeah, and and do a follow up. They still do it. I mean, it could be more of a look back at my yeah crazy mixed up life as a cop as opposed to uh, I'm still a cop kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, uh, I'd love to see that for sure. I mean, also Kim Basinger was in it. Uh, Best uh, Supporting Actress, yep. um, and uh, in fact, there was a there was a joke on uh, The Simpsons um, when Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger were both on The Simpsons playing themselves, and Alec was Kim was polishing her Oscar, Oscar, and Alec was saying, "You don't need to polish that thing every day." And she's like, "Well, when you get one, you can do whatever you want with it." <laughs> <laughs> so great, um, but uh, and. Uh, that was uh, number 15 on the list. Very, very high on very the list. Very high on the list. Top um, 20. Yeah. Top uh, 15. Yeah, top 15. Um, and uh, next up was Bowfinger. Uh, Bowfinger. Steve Martin, uh, Eddie Murphy, Heather Graham again. Yeah. Um, Steve Martin. Uh, well, Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy, Heather Graham, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. A uh, bunch of other people, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, well, he only plays two parts in this one. I thought he played three. No, this isn't the this isn't the clumps or whatever. Okay. Um, but he um, also uh, Christine Baranski, who seemingly back then was in several things, and she's been in so many things since then. Uh, Christine Baranski just yeah, uh, she was great in it. But and Heather Graham's little uh, her yeah. arc about. Was the TV show Sybil on at the time? I can't remember because that's where I remember from yes, the beginning. Yeah, because yeah. this was uh, '99. It was definitely like '96, probably '97. Yeah. Um, and uh, Heather Graham's whole character arc about progressively sleeping with yes. a more powerful man uh, to get her way, yeah. like going from the next guy to the next guy to the next guy, um, and uh, just uh, really funny, uh, you know. Got you know, basically a con man movie, him trying to con everybody, and a little thing of Robert Downey Jr. in there, uh, before he came back in a big way, yeah. Yeah. Um, next up is Batman. What number was Bowfinger at? Oh, Bowfinger was number 67. Uh, next up is Batman, it's Batman, yeah, the Batman, Batman. the only one that counts, the Michael Keaton. I like the Bale. (laughs) They're good, but you know, I just uh, but I like this one a lot better. Um, but uh, you got Batman, you got Jack Nicholson, and one of his one of his greatest roles that says a lot for sure. Um, you know, um, you got uh, um, you know, was it Kim Basinger again? Was it? Oh yeah, yeah, Kim Basinger again. Kim Basinger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another Tim Burton movie, another uh, Danny Elfman movie. Um, um, you know, Prince doing one of the most memorable soundtracks of all time. Yep. Um, Bat dance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Bat dance, the greatest song ever written or ever edited. Greatest <laughs> song ever edited together. Yeah. Um, and uh, I saw I saw a post on Facebook that there's something of Prince's face in that video. I forgot he was he was half Joker and half. Half Batman or whatever in the in the video, it's put in half like the the, the groom and bride thing. Um, but uh, you know, as far as anticip- anticipation for a movie premiere, 
when it came out. This is one of my most like anticipated oh, movies of all time. Me and my group heavily anticipated this movie. Yeah. We were so looking forward yeah. to it. Prior to this, it was uh, Superman. Yeah. I think this was the next really big superhero movie that came out mm -hmm. um, since Superman. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there are a few failed attempts. The, the crappy uh, Fantastic Four from, <laughs> yeah. from uh, Roger Corman, the, yeah. the crappy uh, Captain America mm -hmm. featuring uh, Salinger mm -hmm. uh, that, went, that disappeared and were only seen on the comic book circuit. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. I mean, this. I mean, this movie when it came out was just, you know, and yeah, like I said, looking forward to it more than almost any movie ever yeah. in the theaters. Oh, it did disappoint me watching it again to see how much I could just tell was shot on a soundstage. You know? Yeah, because um, my memories of it were so much different than the rewatching. You know. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah, and um, get to see Jack. You get to see uh, Jack Nicholson doing a Jack Palance impression. Impression. Yeah. That's just that's kind of like uh, um, Rob Lowe doing a Robert Wagner impression. Like <laughs> somebody you don't expect. You know, Jack Palance is more expected because he's such a unique personality. But you know, um, yeah, Batman came out and came in at number eighty-eight on my list. Eighty-eight, double, yeah. double digits, yeah. double eights, and snowmen. Next up was Goodfellas. Um, Scorsese, De Niro, mm -hmm. uh, Ray Liotta, mm -hmm. uh, Joe Pesci. Yeah. Paul Sorvino. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lorraine um, Bracco. Yeah. This is this um, this movie gets gets better and better, I think, every time I see it. Um, there's so much uh, there's so much to it. It's very funny, but it's also, you know, obviously very dark and um you got Murray, the uh, the wig salesman, and you know you got Frank Vincent in there telling him to go get your fucking shine box, you know things like that. Um, and uh, great soundtrack with a lot of uh, a lot of good music. Yeah, and I noticed. I remember now that because I heard the song on my Spotify the other day, I realized that I mentioned near the end when he's looking at the helicopter. Yeah. I said it's a that Todd Rundgren song that makes you feel like anxious, and it's actually a Harry Nielsen song. For some reason, I don't know why I get them mixed up, but Harry Nielsen, it was a Harry Nielsen song. Uh, uh, they had similar vibes. Yeah. Bordering between rock and roll and top 40-ish kind of sounds. And yeah. they moved back and forth between the two of them. They, they mm -hmm. didn't want to bring themselves into one thing. Although Harry Nielsen, my favorite was Popeye. got to tell you. Oh, okay. Uh, he did the soundtrack for Popeye. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't uh, he? Which, he did. Uh, the movie I, I thought yeah. was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a movie I looked forward to in the theaters. And like, eh, you know. I know it was probably a lot more campy than people were really expecting. Probably yeah. a lot more cartoony than people right. were really expecting. Talking about the Popeye. Yeah. But I liked it at the time. I still like it. Yeah. It was an Altman movie, too. So, you know. Yeah. The Altman's a very strange uh, perception on how things happen. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> definitely. But uh, Goodfellas came in at number 55. Another double digit. Yeah. Five yeah. five. Yeah, and we'll be back right for this. We are back here on the podcast, uh, doing our recap episode about uh, the last twenty movies, and the next one we're doing is Beverly Hills Cop. Um, the um, speaking of Paul Reiser, here he is again. Yeah, true, true, and the first movie where Eddie Murphy is definitely the star of the movie. Yes. Uh, this was his third. Well. I guess Best Defense might have been. This is maybe it's probably his fourth movie, but the one he's definitely top billed for sure. The star of the movie, um, 
great blend of uh, action and comedy um, and uh, certainly uh, a movie with a, a great soundtrack, um, several hit songs on the soundtrack and, uh, you know, Ronnie Cox is great in it. Uh, you got Judge Reinhold and John Aston. Yeah. Um, you know, huge movie in a box office. Oh yeah. It was like, I don't know, number one for like months, months. Um, Another summer blockbuster. Yeah. And it just, you know, made him, I mean, he was already big, but made him, made, this really made him a big, big star where he could pretty much do anything, uh, do whatever movie he wanted. Yeah. Uh, for better or worse, um, you know, he'd had some, yeah, some misses after this. Like, Golden Child was te technically, I think people, most people liked it, but I thought it was a little disappointing. But then, you uh, know, I did not like Golden Child. No, I, I didn't. I didn't like it. I think I think overall people thought it was I expect okay. it to be more of an action adventure movie than it really was. Mm -hmm. I think it had trouble deciding if it was a Eddie Murphy comedy or an action adventure movie, and mm -hmm. try to split the difference and and didn't do it well. Yeah, not yeah. as well as Bowfinger did. No, no, um, and uh, you know you get the uh, you get uh, Bronson Pinchot in here doing a memorable role yeah. before he was big. Um, and Damon Wayans, a little, yeah, Damon Wayans in a little part here, um, and uh, yeah, just I don't know. For me, a lot of, back then, a lot of movies either had to be comedy or they had to be action. They couldn't do both. For me, this is one of the first ones where I, I remember it was both. I was both, and I liked it. Like a lot of movies before that, I think were one or the other. Yeah, which I didn't. If I thought it was going to be a comedy and it was a lot of action, I was usually disappointed about it, but I wasn't for this one. Yeah, it's probably because before this, they uh, they tried to impose comedy on big, beefy action actors. Mm -hmm. Or they tried to impose action on wiry little comedy guys. Mm -hmm. So it didn't work as well. Eddie Murphy fit into the mold just down the middle yeah, and was able to pull them both together yeah. by bringing in action hero type sidekicks and comedy sidekicks yeah yeah and yeah and they do a great job of it and that reminds me and maybe we talked about it before on the podcast i think maybe we have but the original two actors that were supposed to play in bad boys in bad boys not not well, martin lawrence the bull smith no um was it uh gene wilder and richard Pryor? that's a damn good guess no eddie murphy and joe piscopo no you'll never get it um Rob Belushi, uh -huh. Jim Belushi's son, uh -huh. and Helen Hunt. No. Okay, I don't know who. Um, Dana Carvey and John Lovitz. Dana Carvey. The original uh, duo for Bad Boys. Okay, yeah. Different movie? Yeah. Okay. Different, right. yeah. That's a good example of they probably did the right casting. Yes. <laughs> no, we're talking about the, we are talking about the Martin Lawrence Right, not the Sean Penn the bad Sean boys. Penn. Right, right. Which would, that would be completely that would be even movie. that would be even weirder. That'd be even more weird. Um, that'd be even worse. Um, but uh, anyway, Beverly Hills Cop came in at ninety four. Um, Down the list. Yeah. Uh, next up is we did this because it was the beginning of summer. Uh, National mm -hmm. Lampoon's Vacation, the original. Um, Vacation, all I ever wanted. Yeah, and still. Um, Still one of the most quotable movies ever, I think, uh, for me at least. Um, you know, this was a, a movie that I watched over and over again on a VHS copy. 
recorded, you know, for me. If that had been on an eight-track tape format, would you have just watched it continuously? Because you know, eight tracks played continuously. Whereas VHS, you right. rewind it. Well, I see what you're saying, but you can't watch an eight track. No, no, but if it was on an oh, eight track okay. type format where you can sure. watch it in the loop, you would have you would have done that. Probably, yeah. Um, watched it many, many times. I watched the TV version many, many times, um, and did not. Uh, now, didn't they add some additional scenes to the TV version because they had to cut out some of the more cussing type scenes and the dead dog scene and the dead grandma? I don't scene. know. Maybe, probably I think they did. Yeah, because it was. I don't know. Probably, I'm not sure actually. Probably should have looked that up. I don't know. Um, they they probably did. Um, uh, but the yeah, still one of the funniest comedies ever made. I think. Um, yes. And uh, another John Hughes connected movie um, came in at number thirty six. Thirty six. Uh, next up, we had Quiz Show. Uh, Robert Redford directed. Um, uh, Ray Fines, Ray Fines, John Turturro, uh, Rob uh, Morrow, Rob Morrow, and uh, you got that great Hank Azaria in here. You got um, David Paymer, um, and uh, just you know nominated for Best Picture uh, ninety four, lost to Forrest Gump, um, but uh, you know. One of the one of the few movies on my list that definitely lost money for sure at the box office. There's a few that almost kind of close to break even. This didn't come close. It lost some money, um, but fantastic movie. Um, great tax break. Yeah, and then you get another uh, Barry Levinson, uh, your Barry Levinson performance yep. in here. Um, you got Scorsese acting in here, um, and uh, just you know a movie about the. You know our true story about the the quiz show scandals um that uh you know the rock the early tv yeah uh, milieu yeah and, did something uh, that wasn't technically illegal but but left yeah. a sour taste in everyone's mouth because it was entertainment that was it was like uh wrestling yeah um in that you know they've always claimed wrestling to be 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 true it was real mm -hmm. wrestling but at the same time it was always nudge nudge wink wink Right. Maybe it isn't. They never really went full bore on the it's true no matter what or we're gonna sue you if you say otherwise. Right. They were always it's absolutely one percent true. No, 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 no. Yeah. Wrestling was smart to do that. The game shows were like, This is one hundred percent true. What you see is what you get. Yeah. And they were lying to the public. Yeah. Yeah. And it uh and of course, you know, it, it does affect because at the time, you know, people were watching the shows because they believed that these Contestants were on the up and up, that mm -hmm. the producers were on the up and up, that things were going according to random question choices and such like that. Mm -hmm. And they would watch and the advertisers would spend their money. Mm -hmm. So really the, the people that got ripped off the most were the advertisers because they were advertising for something that uh, was delivering uh, false, false yeah. promise. Yeah. And, you know, this... Um, this movie just uh, blew me away. Like first time I saw it, it just and I didn't even see it in theaters. I saw it later on on, on VHS, probably. Um, just you know, just an outstanding movie. Um, and I think it's one of those criminally underseen movies. Um, 
obviously it's number eight on my list, so it's pretty high up there, but it's still a movie that most people have never heard of. Yeah, number eight on my list. I can remember after we talked about this, uh, that this was probably one of the first movies that after I watched it, I did like minor research. Mm -hmm. Or like, if you know, when the movie came out, there were stories about it. So I read the stories about Mm -hmm. the the true happenings behind it, the true characters behind it. And, And later on, if a story about one of these real life people would pop up, I'd read it to yeah. follow up to quench my thirst for knowledge. Yeah. Um, you know, and since then, when things pop up, whether it's this is director making this kind of movie or whatever it might be, I, I might go do research, not really research, but mm-hmm. read or find out about what's been going on with that actor or that yeah. director or, or those fictional characters to see what's really the history behind every voice of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, this, obviously, I think it's an amazing movie. I got pretty high on my list, number eight. Um, next up, we have Scarface. Um, yeah, Al Pacino, um, the Al Pacino movie, um, and Brian De Palma directed it. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer, Robert Loggia. Robert Loggia. Um, yeah. Stephen Bauer, Bauer. Um, F. Mary Abraham. Um, a lot of good, a lot of good people in this movie. Um, and this I mentioned on the episode, this is one of the most polarizing movies ever. And it still kills me that one of the trivia I read in that the only uh, actor in there is really of Cuban descent was Stephen Bauer. And he's yeah. the most Anglo looking of all of them. Yeah, he is. He is. Even though he, he played Latino and he, right. he, he, he had all the mannerisms because it was family and all stuff. Mm-hmm. He's the one that looked the most Anglo of everyone. Yeah. He was the only. Right. F. Murray Abraham is more convincing yes. as a Jewish man than, than yeah. Stephen Bauer was. Yeah, he was really. Um, but uh, yeah, this movie is this movie is so many people hate it. There's so many people that love it. It's just very polarizing, very uh, fictional, over the top account of a lot of different uh, minor or major historical figures based on the original movie Scarface, which was based on the life of Al Capone. Mm-hmm. This movie was also based on uh, a real drug dealer, uh, drug kingpin in, in mm-hmm. the Miami area. I can't remember who it was. Uh, so there was a hybrid of a lot of different things going on yeah. to uh, produce one of the most over-the-top violent movies. Yeah, in yeah, it is. It is. I mean, but... Say a rule to my little friend. Yeah. It's still, you know, still great. Yeah, I think, you know, according to me, at least, number 70. Uh, next up, we have Trading Places. Uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis. Dan yeah. Aykroyd. Dan mm-hmm. O'Melliot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ralph Bellamy. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, who's the other guy? And um, Don, Amici. Don Amici. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you got uh, the great, uh, what's his name, Paul Gleason, too. Paul uh, Gleason, yes. Yeah, always the dickhead. Uh, Jim Belushi. Yeah, Jim Belushi. Um, uh, Frank and Frank, Davis. Yeah, Frank yeah. Davis. Yeah, you got Paul Gleason, and uh, um, I saw an internet a Facebook thing about who was the biggest uh, dick, and it had Paul Gleason and uh, what's his name from uh, Ghostbusters? Yeah, Atherton. Atherton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I think everyone thinks Atherton's probably the bigger dick. Oh, I mean, yeah. From, yeah. For uh, Ghostbusters, Die Hard. Die Hard uh, what was that? Uh, uh, not weird science. The College movie with Val Kilmer. Oh, real genius. Real genius. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's you know, as a huge Eddie Murphy fan when I was younger, this 
Oh, this uh, was a, and I was already a this, big Dan Aykroyd fan yeah, too. This movie knocks it out of the park. Yeah, still. Yeah, and it's still, I mean, it's a very funny movie, but it's also really has a really great plot to it. Yeah. It really does. Um, it's a smart plot. It's not, you know, super complicated. It's just it's, it's a good plot, and they really, you know, John Landis movie again. Um, got several of those on my countdown. Um, and yeah, it's just. Still, still love watching it. Still great. Um, and it came in at number seventy-eight on the list. Why so low? Yeah, seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. Yeah. Okay. Um, next up, uh, we have Jaws. Jaws, which we released for early for Fourth of July weekend. Yes. And um, you know, it was only the number one box office movie of all time when it, after it came out for a couple of years. Um, and made the Steven Spielberg made it to where he could do pretty much whatever he wanted. Turn Summers into America into a money making movie machine, right? Right. Uh, because this, uh, pardon the pun, this movie had legs. Yeah. And carried through the whole summer making money, and suddenly the studios realized we really weren't putting a whole lot out of it. A lot of effort into it, so, but if we put that one big movie out, yeah, we're gonna make some money. Yeah, and this is a movie that everybody saw. Yeah, and everybody knew about, and everybody probably saw several times, probably. Um, well, I knew about it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even know how to go see it. I knew about it. Yeah, I mean, I had uh, I've seen this um, Pinterest a few times. This uh, little toy set. It's like a it's like a shark, and it's got like a bunch of junk that's in its stomach or something. You know. <laughs> You got to pick it out with a almost like operation or something. <laughs> and I remember it. I mean, it was a pretty stupid toy, but I remember having that, you know. And you know, I don't remember the first time I saw Jaws. There's no way I remember when I first saw it, but you no, know, I saw it a bunch when I was younger and still watch it. It's still great. Um, and, uh, you know, a movie that the last hour of it is just three guys on a boat, you know, yeah. uh, looking for that, looking for the shark. We're um, on a boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, um, showed the brilliance of Robert Shaw. You know, you know he was, you know, he died a couple of years after this. But you know, and I looked up too, and the thing you're doing with the ages, I'm older than Robert Shaw was when he made Jaws. Yes, yes, I, I've stopped doing that. It was yeah, depressing sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah. this movie also shows, uh, I'll say, the brilliance of Spielberg. Yeah, and that he tried a lot of innovative things. To make the movie work, he knew the shark wouldn't work, so he got John Williams to create a musical key, a mm -hmm. cue, mm -hmm. so that you knew the shark was coming because he, the musical cue was there. You didn't have to show the monster, which was a crappy monster. Mm -hmm. uh, you could imply the monster. Yeah. Um, and other things like the, the Milky Water. Uh, apparently, that was filmed in like the, the producer's pool because they had to do some pickup shots and they needed a thing mm -hmm. to watch to get the. Make it look like it's not pool water. They threw milk in the water so oh, they get okay. the milky, uh, huh. cloudy atmosphere. The, the the scene with the head popping out was done that way. Okay, you know, in the producer's pool. Okay, uh, as a pickup shot, you need to add something else to it. You know, yeah, things like that. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Jaws, amazing movie. I mean, you know, it's been one of my favorite movies my whole life for sure. I mean, before I was old enough to remember any movie, I mean, I had seen Jaws already, so. Um, and then I, I recently I watched uh, HBO. And I, I don't know why I never watched it. HBO did a Spielberg documentary 
three years ago. I think it's just called Spielberg, but it's like two and a half hours long. And it's goes through his career in, in order, um, covers every movie and covers the bigger movies and takes more time on the bigger movies like E.T. and Jaws and Raiders and, you know, uh, Saber Pratt Ryan, whatever, Jurassic Park. Um, talks to all those, always director buddies. Every one of them is in it too. Coppola and Palma and Lucas and um, Scorsese, they're all in it. Every big star that's still alive that's in any of his movies is in it. Um, Dreyfus is in it and uh, Peter Coyote is in it. Uh, Tom Hanks is in it. DiCaprio, you know, uh, Goldblum, like every big star that's ever been in one of his movies is in it. Tom Cruise, uh, they're all talking about him and it's great. Uh, in pictures, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, but um, the um, yeah, Harrison Ford's in it too. Um, it's a great documentary. It's on HBO. It's HBO Max. It's it's available. Probably will be forever because it's HBO uh, yeah. documentary. So really well worth watching. Um, and Jaws came in what number? Jaws was number twenty-five. Twenty-five. And uh, the final movie on our recap uh, is the the Departed. The Departed, another Scorsese movie. Yeah, another Scorsese movie. And as he put, as he said, uh, the first movie he worked had a plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Departed is, you know, um, won best, won the Oscar for best picture. Yeah. Uh, we haven't had uh, too many of those on on the countdown. A uh, handful. Um, we'll have a couple the, the more. The only, uh, the only Oscar-winning remake. Is that correct? The only, um, uh, or it was the first remake that made it win an Oscar for Best Picture. Well, I don't know. Um, well, Titanic was a remake. Was it? Well, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can call Titanic Titanic a remake because it's about a historical event. I so. think it's just another movie, about right? Titanic. Yeah, it's, true. yeah, it's not a remake. remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this was a remake of a true. Chinese. Yeah, film. that's not a remake. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It might have been. I'm not sure. I mean, probably so. Yeah. Um, but The Departed just a. Fantastic cast. Yes. And it's. Uh, Jack Nicholson, mm -hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio, mm -hmm. Matt Damon, mm -hmm. Mark Wahlberg, Martin uh, Sheen, Alec Baldwin, Baldwin, Anthony Anderson, Anthony Anderson. Uh, uh, Vera Farmiga, just outstanding cast. And it makes your. The plot makes your head spin because it is. It is a little complicated trying to figure out wait, what's going wait? That's who's the rat? He's an FBI guy. What's what's he doing? Um, and then once everyone in the audience knows right. who's on what side for right. sure, right? And you're realizing how many people are starting to find out. Then it's a race against time. Mm -hmm. Is the good guy going to survive? Is the bad guy going to get his? Mm -hmm. Of course, everyone dies pretty much. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, yeah, and uh, really outstanding movie. Uh, just yeah. Uh, I love it, and it's, it came in at number forty-four on the list. Another double digit. Yeah, we've, in this grouping, we've had forty-four, fifty-five, eighty-eight. So, well, boom, mm -hmm. both then thirty-three, mm -hmm. Glory Spencer's. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's the last one for this recap episode, and uh, we will be back again after our final episode when we do our number one uh, film. After the number one film? Yeah. And um, that will be um, much later in the year. Well, sometime after this 
episode comes out, I'll put my list of these movies together of uh, what are from most favorite to least favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't indicate where they might or might not be on my list, but I'll mm-hmm. just put them, this grouping in order of how I like them. It's yeah. going to be a little bit tougher because I like a lot of the movies on this list. Yeah. A lot. Uh, just so many really good ones. Yeah. You know that limit this I would put in the bottom bottom for sure. I don't sure. think you like Bowfinger that much, yeah, right? Bowfinger Austin might Powers put too. Bowfinger, uh, Naked Gun, Austin Powers uh, might drop to the bottom. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once I start uh, looking at the groupings and where I really want to put them, all that. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of good ones here. Um, I was looking at the Big Lebowski episode. It was an hour and 55 minutes. Was <laughs> We had a lot to say about that movie for sure. So, And uh, it's time to talk about what we're doing next week on the podcast. Next week, it goes to 11. It does? It does. Well, why don't you just make... Ten louder. <laughs> it goes to eleven. It goes to eleven. Yeah, that's right. Next week on the podcast, we're talking about this is Spinal Tap on One Hundred Movies I Love. One Hundred Movies You Love.